Undisputed Politics podcast is hosted by Robert Wilson Jr., a young black gay activist from the Mississippi Delta. He started this podcast to share his raw and unfiltered opinions on issues around the world. Grab a glass of wine. And, tune into the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or any other major streaming platforms. And, let's get into what's happening all around us. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Undisputed Politics with your boy, Robert Wilson Jr. out of Greenwood, Mississippi. All right. So on today's episode, we'll be discussing a few topics and I'll be starting today's show off coming with you with a story out of Kansas. So in Kansas, before um, coming up until this year or whatever, they had already had this thing going where they were about to put an amendment on the you, the Constitution. So many states have different ways that they do amendment processes. The majority of places, the process is that people go to the polls and pretty much vote on the particular amendments to the, to the state constitutions. For people who don't know much about civics and government politics and things um there are two separate constitutions that you must abide by there is your state constitution as well as your federal constitution now your state constitution must abide by things that are in your federal constitution so when you're talking about the preamble and all of that stuff that stuff is stuff that are that most people learn the preamble to the constitution and they learned about the 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 13th the second amendment and all of that stuff they learned about all of those things in high school and those are part of the federal constitution so your right to bear arms um your freedom to religion and all of those things are in the federal constitution now your state level constitution which is the 50 states they have their own separate state constitutions and in your state constitution they have to abide by things like your right to bear arms your right to freedom of speech and all of those different things your right to religious practices and all of those things that are in the federal constitution so all of that uh that civics lesson there that quick little tidbit all of that said to go into what i'm about to talk about which is in kansas they had a ballot measure on the ballot for their primary election which happened today um and on that primary ballot was this referendum to amend the state's constitution because kansas is one of a few states that have in their constitution the right for women to get an abortion and so the amendment was to amend the constitution to allow the state legislature to be able to make changes to the abortion laws in the state of Kansas. And of course, um, we I've talked about this on my show before, but state legislatures all across the country are making decisions against women's bodies as it relates to abortions and they're making uh, decisions about critical race theory and all of these crazy things 
pretty much trying to force religion their religion onto people and it's a specific type of religion it's a racist rooted religion a sexist rooted religion and it's not christianity i'm sorry for me i don't believe that it's christianity because i believe in god myself i believe in god and my god says love everyone so when you talk about lgbtq people not having the right to get married that's not my business if someone wants to get married, it's my right to allow them to get married. It's not my right as a human in this free country to tell somebody they can't get married because my religion says this or says that. Now, my God says love everyone. So I, I don't believe that, you know, people shouldn't be a uh, certain people shouldn't be able to get married. Um. Now, I do believe in, you know age limits and things like that so obviously i'm not saying that i would be in favor of you know a 18 year old uh, you know well not a 15 i'll say a 15 year old marrying some 30 year old man but i would definitely be in favor of everybody having the right to get married once you are reached an age where you are able to love whoever you want to love and make that decision on your own things like abortion i believe that it's not me personally my belief i believe that when people say um pro-choice i'm not pro-choice i'm pro mind your damn business i believe that it's not the government's job to be in people's medical business i mean that's your business you want to go get an abortion that's your business do i consider it wrong yes i consider it wrong but it's not my business to tell you that because i consider it wrong you shouldn't do it or it should it, it, it has to be a law that says you can't do it because I believe that you shouldn't do it. No. And for the people out there that's like, oh, it's killing babies and all of that stuff. I don't get into all of those things because the science around abortion proves that all of those type of things aren't happening. And so I don't really get into those particular debates with people that are like, oh, where you're killing babies and all of those things. Because one like I said, the science around that proves that that is not the case. But there are also a lot of instances where people have to get abortions where the the baby isn't the 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 the, 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 what's the I don't I don't want to use the incorrect terms, but the the, the it, it isn't a viable pregnancies pregnancy. And so, what are the women supposed to do? They have to get an abortion. And so I'm not getting into all of that. Um, I'll just talk about the story. Pretty much what happened in Kansas is today when they had that election, the voters in Kansas resoundingly, resoundingly with 71% of the votes that came in for that particular ballot measure today, Kansans rejected putting an amendment in, the new con in their constitution to allow the state legislature to make decisions for women's bodies and if that doesn't say anything that says the co what is it what is going on in this country people don't believe in the pot the majority of americans don't believe in the policies of the republican party and we have to get to a point where we understand that the majority of, of americans believe that women should be able to have the right to do whatever they want to do with their bodies period the majority of americans believe that marijuana should be legal that's the reason why several states have passed 
bills via ballot measure where the people have decided that it's time to make marijuana legal, whether it's medical or recreational. Voting rights. The majority of Americans want to be able to go to the polls or want to be able to mail in their ballots or however they vote freely and fairly. Without all these loopholes about putting a certain amount of stamps and signing this and signing that and having to do it this way, having to do, having this ID, having that ID. The majority of Americans want free, fair, simple elections. The majority of Americans want higher wages. The majority of Americans want unions. The majority of Americans want climate change bills to come out of the Congress to help with climate change. The majority of Americans are tired of crumbling pot roads with potholes, bridges being shut down every month for repairs. The majority of Americans are tired of these things, and the majority of Americans want to see these things change. That's the reason why the majority of Americans made Donald Trump a one-term president. Period. And you can say, well, the majority of Americans did that because he was sexist. Cool. Definitely. You can say a majority of Americans did that because he made plenty of racist remarks. Definitely. You can say that because majority of Americans did not like the policies that he pushed as far as the border wall and different things like that. Definitely. But most of it is because most of Americans actually agree with progressive policies most of americans actually agree with getting certain things most of americans want to see these things happen and currently while i don't like it as the excuse for democrats kirsten cinema and joe manchin are the ones holding it up now it's a convenient excuse for democrats because that is exactly what's happening while I don't agree with it being the excuse, it is a convenient excuse. So it is a convenient excuse to get Democrats to the polls in November. We know what Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are going to do. We need y'all to elect more Democrats to the Senate. We need y'all to hold on to the House. It can be done. And it has to be done, just like in Kansas. And for clarity, I'm going to read y'all a quote from the Wall Street Journal. The result tonight is a big deal, said a Republican political strategist in Kansas. There were no major contested Democratic primaries to drive turnout, and the amendment still failed resoundingly. If Republicans think the issue of abortion isn't on the minds of voters, tonight's results should put them on notice. End quote. Why should it put them on notice? It's going to put them on notice because these issues matter. And they need to understand that no matter how they want to cheat, 
no matter how they want to rig the the system where people aren't allowed to you can't give water to people that got to stand in the hot sun to go vote people are going to do what's necessary people are going to do what's necessary people are going to do what's necessary the people are going to do what's necessary to ensure that these policies that Republicans are trying to push that's taking away the people's freedoms that's taking away people's rights to choose and all of these things that are detrimental to people and that are not replacing them with things that are helpful you're not trying to raise the minimum wage you're not trying to give veterans the proper health care you're not trying to alleviate climate change you're not trying to fix people's crumbling infrastructure in their communities the bridges and the roads and the the highways and since you're not trying to fix these things the people are going to show up at the polls regardless of what these these polls ahead of the uh, ahead of election days are saying people are going to show up because we we have to be honest in 2016 the poll said that donald trump was not gonna win and he won in 2020 the poll said that more than likely donald trump probably was probably gonna win again and what happened he lost the polls said in georgia they they the polls were against warnock the polls were against Oh, South, and they won. And now here we are headed into 2022 midterms, and the polls are stacked up against the Democrats. I think that according to recent history, according to recent showings, if Democrats would stop playing the games and start pushing people and letting people understand the true message and letting people know exactly what needs to happen in November. I think that we will do what needs to be done to change this country and to ensure that we get what we need in the fall. And I think that come 2023, we will be swearing in a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate. And we only, and to be clear, we only need to win. We only need to win one new seat. We need to keep what we have in the Senate. If we could hold on to the seats that we currently have and just win one. If we just win one. Matter of fact, if we win two. I think if we win two, we can eliminate Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. We just need two. If we get two, we can eliminate those two. We can eliminate those two. If we get two, if we pick up two seats, we can matter of fact, if we get two seats, those two can switch parties if they want to. Matter of fact, 
I would even go as to say it go as far as to say if we get two Democratic senators and we maintain the ones that we currently have and we pick up two more, I would go as far as to say we should do exactly what Republicans are doing to people like the people who are in Congress right now. Liz Cheney. Do them like they are doing people like Liz Cheney. We should oust them from our parties. Joe Manchin should no longer be considered a Democrat. We should condemn him if we pick up those two seats. Because if we pick up those two seats, they are no longer needed. They can switch parties to the Republican Party and we'll still have the simple majority enough to end the filibuster and get through what we need to get through. If we pick up two seats and keep the ones that we already have. And so I encourage people um, to to think about what's happened in Kansas. Um, you obviously had some other elections going on today um, in Tennessee. Um, you have the primary going on there um, right now where they're about to, the DA, the DA's race. Um, and they're trying to get rid of DA Amy Wyrick, who is horrible, horrible, hor- a horrible DA. And so you have that going on in Tennessee. It's just a host of things going on right now. And I, I think I think we're we're on a good pace. The polls don't look good, but we're on a good pace considering what the polls have said over recent elections and have come up to not be pretty good polling. And so we'll, we'll see. I um I encourage people to be on the lookout for the election days. Um in Mississippi, we're 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 in Mississippi, there's not really much going on as far as our elections coming up, um, in particularly because in the midterms, we Mississippi is so heavily gerrymandered to the point where we only have one Democratic congressman. That's Congressman Benny Thompson, and then we don't. We also don't have any Senate seats up for grabs this this go around. That would uh, that would impact anything. So um, I, I, there aren't really any races of of there aren't really ra- any races that I consider to be. Um, competitive on the ballot in Mississippi, so I'm not really covering too much about them because, like I said, there's just it's so heavily gerrymandered. It's a guarantee that Benny Thompson is gonna end up being the congressman for his district again. It's not really competitive because it's gerrymandered, so that he will likely be the, the congress. He will likely win his race for his next another term and so outside of that is nothing really competitive in mississippi going on with our elections this year um but with that being said um i'll be right back after this break and my next topic will be on something dealing with mississippi so come join me on the next 
portion of the show right after this break. Um, and we'll be right back. Every one of those Republicans that voted against health care for veterans voted for the slush fund for the war. They don't support the troops. They support the war machine. The value in the U.S. military isn't in the toys. It's not in the hardware. It's not in the tanks. It's in the men and women. And until they start supporting them in the manner that they purport to online, they are hypocrites. And I have told y'all, America has showed us who they are. Now, this is going on about the second or third show 
where I have discussed Carolyn Bryant. And I'm bringing it up again. And the reason why I'm bringing her up again is because the people on social media have found this woman. And there are reports that she's battling cancer. I think they said they found her in Missouri or Kansas or somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm I'm definitely mistaken, probably. So, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to research to give y'all this topic. I'm just going to tell y'all what I've seen. I'm not going to do too much research while I'm doing the episode on this particular topic. Um, and I'm going to be very brief with it because I've told y'all. America has showed us who they are. I've tried to bring people onto this show. I've reached out to Melissa Ernest, who has also been in constant contact with me before. I've reached out to some others about coming on my show and talking about this Emmettia case. And I'm not going to say they're avoiding coming to talk to my show because they may not know how many people actually listening to follow my show. So it is what it is. But I do think that some of the reason why they haven't come on here is because I have said it time and time again. America has showed us who they are. And they are not going to. They have not attempted to. They will not pretend to give a damn about black people in Mississippi enough to the point where they arrest this woman. They care about black people enough to change the state flag. And the only reason why they did that is because it's money involved. They care about black people enough to give us medical marijuana, but on their terms. Because it's money involved. But there's no interest in giving a damn about black people to arrest Carolyn Bryant. Or something that happened in the 50s They don't give a damn Tate Reeves ain't about to give no statement In support of this I'm from LaFleur County And people who listen to this show don't understand But I I grew up I'm, I'm, that, I was born and raised in Greenwood LaFleur County And because of that, I know about what's going on in LaFleur County. I know the people in LaFleur County. I know Elmer Stocksteel, the actual clerk who said that this was a legitimate warrant when they found it in the basement. I know Sheriff Ricky Banks. My grandmother has actually campaigned for Sheriff Ricky Banks. Many of the black people in the town have campaigned and worked for and actually have helped get him re-elected time and time again. For several, many, obviously, several, many different reasons. Some people like him, some people don't. Some people think he's a good person, some people don't. Neither here nor there. I respect people's decision as long as they're going out and vote. I respect people's decision as long as they're not electing people who have openly and overtly proven that they are racist. And yeah, Sheriff Ricky Banks has done some things that, you know, may, may make you question, but people have a right to make that judgment call on their own. 
like I said, unless they openly and overtly make it clear. And I, from my perspective, he hasn't did, he hasn't done that for me. There hasn't been anything. Now he's done. He has some questionable policies. He's definitely said some questionable things, but I, the amount of people, black people who support him, it doesn't give me a sense that many of the black people in this town think that he's someone who is racist. Now, granted, there are some things um, when it comes down to voting rights and different things like that. So sometimes the voter turnout may not look a certain way, but there have been elections where he has won overwhelmingly. There have been elections where he just the only one on the ballot. But there have definitely been opportunities for him to be ousted out of office by pretty decent candidates. And they simply just did not overcome because people actually want him in office and so with that being said like i said i'm from lafleur county and i understand that sheriff ricky banks is not about to serve a warrant on carolyn bryant period the district attorney the assistant da they are not it, it doesn't matter how many times y'all protesters go stand on the steps of courthouses you can go sit outside these people's office building they do not care this is the state of Mississippi we're talking about. These people will go as far the the case the case that just was the case that just went before the Supreme Court that overturned Roe versus Wade. This case was a case out of Mississippi. So if you think that the state of Mississippi gives a damn enough about black people to go and arrest Carolyn Bryant, you have lost your mind. Period. Now, does that mean it, it will never happen? It probably, it, it, it could have. Maybe. Someday in the future, maybe. If she isn't dead beforehand. Maybe. If people in Mississippi wake up, we elect some new people, then definitely maybe. But as of now, with the current leadership, the current people we have in place, I don't see it happening. And that is the reason why I say we must focus on things that will be substantially, that will substantially help black people right now. Things like arresting Carolyn Bryant will not help black people right now. Yes, it will give black people a sense that we have gotten justice for Emma Till. Sure. It won't bring Emma Till back and he's been gone over. <laughs> let me, let me, let me not say it that way. Because I don't want to offend anyone. And I'm sorry if that comes off in an offensive way. But it won't do what we think it's going to do. The descendants of Emmett Till, the people who came out to Emmett Till, or his mother has passed away. The, I get it that we want justice for Emmett Till and we should get justice for Emmett Till. His family, uh, my family, his family deserves that justice. We deserve that justice. But in the current climate, we aren't going to get it. And so it's important that we spend our resources on things that matter. The George Floyd Act. These are things that matter. 
we must ensure that people like the George Floyd Act, that would help ensure that in the future, things like that botched, that botched the case. The police officers who were involved, the sheriff that helped those officers, I mean, the the, the shop, the officers and the, the people that were involved and all of the people in government at the time that helped Carolyn Bryant and her husband them get off or however you want to put it, those people under the George Floyd Act would be looked at differently. Because you gonna you gonna think you gonna take into things like account body cameras. You gonna take into account a registry. So when they get fired for misconduct, dang a better go to no police department down the street or sheriff department down the street. When they get arrested for perjury on the stand for lying. They ain't gonna be able to go to no department around the corner, down the street or wherever. And so these are the things that I'm saying we must look at. These are the things that I'm saying we must address and I think can be and should be addressed and can happen immediately and in the interim. And as I've said before, as I've said before, you we we can we can do both so people who are out there protesting people who are out there standing up and doing this and doing that and all of the things or whatever i'm I, i'm not stopping you i'm not saying stop it i'm just saying for others like myself i would prefer me on my personal level of activism so when i'm going out and making calls or when I'm sending emails, I prefer not to be asking for this woman to get arrested. My top priority is getting things like the George Floyd bill passed. My priorities are getting things like minimum wage passed so that people can be prosperous. My priority is things like making sure that people aren't being arrested and going to jail for the rest of their life for marijuana. So these are things that I'm more focused on in the in the immediate future versus the other things that other activists and community leaders may be focused on as it relates to getting her arrested and charged and all of these things which like i said we can do both but that's just how i choose to do work with my level of activism and it's not a slight at anybody or anything like that i'm just getting and the reason why i keep giving this topic and the reason why i keep talking about it and the reason why i keep on bringing it up is because i have people you know doing the work that i do i do have people who inbox me all the time well robert why haven't you shared this robert will you share this robert can you say this robert will you say this and all these things and the reason why i don't is simple because i personally do not believe that it will be effective because of the current people we have in office they simply do not give a damn and then I also, and this is the last thing I'll say on this topic, I also critique the methods at, by which some of the protests are happening. I received a message the other day telling me about a protest or a press conference or whatever, something of that nature that they will be having in Greenville, Mississippi. 
Greenville, Mississippi is about two counties over from LaFleur County. LaFleur County is where they found the warrant in the clerk's then at the at the court at our courthouse in the basement. One of the critiques I have is why are you protest? I get it. You want the DA to arrest her. You you want the DA to ask the sheriff to arrest her. I get it. But there isn't being enough underground education in Lafleur County. I live in LaFleur County, so granted, I get the critique that people may have for me that might say, well, Robert, you have a voice. You live in LaFleur County. Why don't you do it? But then you also have these people who are asking me, well, Robert, why don't you get out there and do this? Robert, why don't you? And then you have a protest in Greenville. Why aren't we in LaFleur County where it happened at? Why are we going to the LaFleur County courthouse? Why aren't we? down at Ricky Banks's office every single day. Why aren't we out in front of the sheriff department every single day demanding that Ricky Banks arrest her if if that's what we're going to be demanding. So, I do have a slight critique on the, the 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 methods by which we are doing this. Because I I I'm not I'm not understanding why we are in Greenville, and I've seen people say at one point I was invited to a protest down in Hattiesburg. At one point, somebody invited me to a protest down on the coast. Then at one point, somebody invited me to something that was going to be happening in South Haven. Then I had people invite. It, it, I mean, everywhere but exactly where it needs to be had at. There needs to be an awakening in LaFleur County. There needs to be door-to-door campaigning where we have people on the ground going door-to-door saying something about this, educating the people on why it's important, letting people know that she's still alive, letting people know that LaFleur County, right now we 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 took the we, we voted to take down the Confederate monument that we have at our courthouse, still hasn't been taken down. And then we're now erecting a statue of Emma Till on a uh, a rail spike park that we have in the city of Greenwood and they're voting to put all of these glorious beautiful things around the statue trees bushes and all these other things but then you turn around and our county sheriff refuses to arrest Carolyn Bryant and so I, I do have a critique on the methods of things um, I get it that people will say well oh well Robert well you can do it why don't you go out and do it since you have a critique on it but that's just my critique on it it is what it is. But I do believe that it will not happen with the current people we have in office. There will be an opportunity to elect a new sheriff. And that when that opportunity arises, we need to have somebody in place to run against Ricky Banks if we would like that to happen. If we want to make Emma Till's case a focal point, that needs to be something that we push for when the election time rolls around. We need to have it. We need to have that person on the ground, boost the boots to the ground, going door to door, ensuring that that person is getting the word out that, hey, if I'm elected, I will do this, that, and the third, and I will make sure that justice is served. And that's just that on that. But with the current leadership, it's not going to happen. And that's just how I feel about it. And y'all know this show is just about what I feel about it. And so <laughs> that's all I have for this particular topic. We will be right back after this quick break. And there's so much more that I have to discuss on today's episode. So we'll be right back. Rock the Vote is a nonpartisan nonprofit dedicated to building the political power of young people. For 30 years, 
Rock the Vote has revolutionized the way we use pop culture, music, art, and technology to engage young people in politics and build our collective power. To learn more, visit rockthevote.org. North Carolina. North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, baby, y'all got to come on down. Come on down. I haven't really ever had to talk about too many instances or anything pretty much happening out of North Carolina, but North Carolina is a part of the South. Believe it or not, they're a part of the South. North Carolina, South Carolina, the Virginias, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, all of these states are part of the southeast portions of America. So y'all can come on down and get, get, y'all can come on down. It's your turn to be on the docket at the Undisputed Politics Podcast. North Carolina got some explaining to do. Specifically, this small town in North Carolina. Kenley, North Carolina, to be exact. I'm going to read y'all a little bit of this article from CNN, and then I'm going to get into the top. It says, the mass exodus of an entire police department after the hiring of a black town manager in North Carolina has opened a conversation about police safety and race relations in a small town of just 1,500 residents. Last week, the entire police department in Kenley, North Carolina, resigned, citing a hostile work environment less than two months after Justine Jones, a black woman, began her role as the town's newly elected city manager. Joy Wright, a local business owner, said the community is concerned about the collective police retreat means for the future of the town. Wright also said she was mostly frustrated because the town hadn't been keeping residents in the loop with any developments. It's just weird. And for us to not have any information as to what's to expect, Wright said, are we going to have police? Are we going to have a town manager? Following an emergency closed door meeting last week, the Kenley Town Council released a statement at this week's this week saying the prudent course of action is to find out what happened and not make rash decisions alan chip hewitt henley's town attorney told cnn that he will oversee an investigation conducted by an outside firm starting next week when all the resignations take effect technically the police chief and the officers are still on the job through the beginning of next week the police chief's resignation is effective today that I'm recording this podcast, which is Tuesday, August 2nd. CNN obtained eight resignation letters in total, consisting of longtime chief Josh Gibson, four full-time officers, one part-time officer, and two town clerks. The letters are similar in language, with most referencing a stressful work environment. Though they don't provide any details about the allegedly hostile workplace, nor do they explicitly blame Jones. However, Gibson has placed blame on Jones for the resignation, both in a Facebook post that has since been made private and in an exclusive interview with Fox News. We all know what they say over there at Fox. 
Gibson told Fox News host Laura Ingram that Jones had written him up multiple times in her short time on the job. She came in, first of all, to start giving us tasks and all these projects all the time. And unfortunately, we are only have five officers and I was working double shifts at the time to try to keep up with the officer safety and be there with the officers in case something happened, said Gibson, who claimed the manager wrote him up for being late if he wasn't sitting at his desk, among other things. She wrote me up for going to businesses and talking with businesses. She wrote me up for taking with, with for talking with council members, as I've known for 20 years. CNN has not seen any of the disciplinary records referenced by Gibson and therefore cannot verify the write-ups. The town said it was unable to turn over any documents right now that were requested by CNN this week. Jones started as Ken Lee's town manager on June 2nd, according to an, an announcement from the town that notes she was unanimously approved by the council and touted for her 16 years of experience working in progressively responsible positions with local governments in multiple states. I ain't going to even read the rest because the rest of it is just straight bullshit. The rest of it, they go on to talk about how the city is split, about how they feel, and all of this other stuff about race and, and all this other bullshit. And let's be honest, we ain't finna sit around here. And on this show, we undisputed, we unfiltered, we just finna say what we believe. And, and me, I believe that the one they, 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 they didn't want the woman to begin with. And this is what they do to black women. This is what they do. Look what they doing to Kamala Harris. Every little thing she do, there's a critique for it. She walk a certain way, they got a critique. She look, she she twitch her face up the wrong way is a critique. Her hair shake the wrong way is a critique. She don't say the right thing at a certain time is a critique. Val Demings. Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. Maxine Waters, Ayanna Presley. I could go on and on and on about the black women who are in these elected positions, who get in these positions. Katrina Robinson out of Memphis, Tennessee. They drug her down through the mud, removed her from her position in the Tennessee state legislature. The things that they do to black women in these leadership positions are especially egregious. And this country is bullshit when it comes down to defending black women in these particular instances. We all know the reason why the motherfuckers quit their job. Anybody that's trying to pretend like they don't know and, oh, there needs to be an investigation. Oh, my gosh, they saying she wrote them up and all this other stuff. What the fuck she supposed to do? Obviously, when a new person comes on the job and somebody that's there and they saying, oh, well, they hired her for her progressive, the way she has worked and implemented things in these multiple police departments and multiple cities and the way she has helped these cities grow and all of these great things. What did they think she was going to do? Did they think she was going to come in and let them continue with the status quo? No. They should have resigned on the first day if that's what they thought. But see, it's the fact that they want to try to malign her character. 
the fact that they want to say hostile work environment. And then they want to say all of them are using the same type of language. So guess what? This means that they had a whole damn clan meeting. And yes, I said it. They had a whole damn clan meeting. They did what they used to do back in the day, back in the days. They had a meeting. They sat around and they thought about it. They they all decided what they was going to collectively say. And they all probably trash talked her. They probably said the N-word a couple of times. And they probably said, and I can, I'm not going to even say probably. They got they they put a, put together their resignations and they said we getting out of here. And they don't give a damn about the city because if if they're gonna allow racism, if they're gonna allow somebody writing them up for them not doing their job, he's saying, "Oh well, he came in late, and she he got wrote, written up." Uh, exactly, you came in late, you get a write up. Period. Ain't no excuse. If you say, "Well, oh, she gave me a write up. I'm I'm working these double shifts, and she gave me a write up." Okay, you supposed to get a write up. Did your previous city manager not do that? Did your previous city manager just let you do what the fuck you wanted to do? Now you got somebody in there that's actually putting their foot down and making holding you accountable. Now you now you now you're mad. Now you upset. That's not what's wrong. You're upset because a black woman is doing it. You're upset because a black woman is putting her foot down. You're upset because a black woman has the authority to give you a write up. That's what you're upset about. And then to say, oh, well, uh, there's the, I talked to city council members. And, I, I, I was, and she's writing me up because I'm talking to city council members. I've known these people for 20 years. I'm going to businesses and I'm talking to these people. I've known them for 20 years. Okay. You need to be in your office making sure your staff is fully staffed. What's going on with what you doing your job? Community police definitely go out and talk to the businesses, but if if that's hindering your job, then of course you're going to get a write-up. And then to say hostile work environment, I need more examples than those examples because those examples aren't giving me hostile work environment. Those examples are giving me um, a boss that's holding you accountable. Those examples are giving me boss that's holding you accountable, period. That's what it's giving it's given a boss that came in and said, we're not go we're no longer going to take uh, officers and the chief go living about doing whatever they want to do. And then for the people who say, well, we're not getting information. There's nothing to, there's nothing to inform you of. A chief that come that is coming in and holding the officers and the department accountable. That's not something that just has to be released in a pub in a press release. She ain't got to tell y'all she holding them accountable because that's her job. She shouldn't have to come to y'all and say I'm holding them accountable because that's her job to hold them accountable. It's her job to hold them accountable. It's her job. So, what I don't understand it's why is that a problem? It's a problem because she's a black woman. These are things that black black women experience all the time. And this is one of the segments where I wish I had a black woman on to discuss her experience. I truly do. Because I can't speak for black women. 
But I have I, I have five sisters. All five of my sisters are black women. I have five sisters. Five. Strong black women. So I understand. I understand black women. None of my sisters are elected officials. But they are definitely leaders. Leaders in their life. Leaders in their churches. Leaders in their community. Leaders in the businesses. That they own. And I understand the struggle that they go through as black women. When they get into these positions. They're going to have people that's going to talk about their hair. They're going to have people that's going to have something to say about the way they lead. They're going to have people that's not going to want them to hold them accountable. They're going to have people that's not going to want them to be the one to tell them they wrong. They're going to have people at every stage of their careers in their life that are going to be after them for every little thing they do. They misspell a word on a financial document. There are going to be people who are going to try to claim that they are some type of fraudulent people stealing money. They said a wrong thing. You're going to have people out there that are going to try to say that they hate certain people or they hate certain groups of people like they did Tammy Toy in Memphis. Dug up old tweets from when this woman was way back and, and tried to call her homophobic. And she's done so many great things to uplift LGBTQ voices in the city of Memphis and in Shelby County. But when she ran for mayor, they, they, they didn't want a black woman to be mayor so bad that they dug up this woman's treat, tweets and tried to malign her character. When you talk about how they did Katrina Robinson, they prosecuted this woman and said that she was stealing money from her own damn school that she started. To help black women, minority women, get into health care via being, becoming nurses and CNAs and all of these things. Creating a pipeline for these women to go into the medical field. She started it. They started with this six-figure amount. She stole all of that money. And by the time they got done in court, they had to drop so many charges because they were just outrageous down to only a few thousand dollars due to misspellings and just mishandling of paperwork, basically. But in any startup organization or any startup business, there's definitely going to be some mishandling. Especially if you go into it not knowing that 
all of the in and outs and not knowing all of the things. And if you go into it without the appropriate lawyering and all of these things to be able to do your paperwork correctly and different things, there's definitely going to be some mishaps along the road. But to malign this lady's character, remove her from her role, her elected position in the Tennessee state legislator. That's how they do black women. And I have no doubt they about to do it to Justine, Miss Justine. They about to do it to her. They about to do it. They are about to do it to Miss Justine Jones and Kenley t- and, and Kenley in Kenley, North Carolina. They about to do it. They about to malign this woman's character. They're about to say that she's all these crazy things. She came in and she was so rude and snarky attitude, this attitude. They're about to do it. And I can almost guarantee you now that they are going to try to remove this woman from her position. She's had a perfect record. A perfect record. She's all the many cities she's been to. There hasn't been one single person to complain about this woman's character, her style of leadership, what she comes in to do and the work that she does when she comes in to do it. But the first time she rolls up in a damn racist county in North Carolina, they attack this woman. And then to say, well, oh, they really mentioned her. They just said a toxic work and like hostile work, toxic, toxic words from that environment. Come on now. We know what they mean. They want to call her aggressive. And they will call her aggressive. They're going to call her all type of things. They're going to say she was rude. They're going to say she came in with this attitude. They're going to say she, she was this and she was that and she, 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 they, they're going to make up so many things to malign this woman. Which brings me to this. Y'all know how I feel about it. Y'all know how I roll. What we got to do as a black community, what we got to do is we have got to stand up for this black woman. If we can go find Carolyn Bryant, if we can protest and knock down doors and go all up into resident uh, nursing homes and all these things looking for Carolyn Bryant, we need to be down in Kenley, North Carolina showing our support for this sister. We need to have officers. We need to have some officers, retired officers or current officers, black officers who, who are willing to say, well, you know what? I ain't got no family. I ain't got nothing to do. Let me go on down there and move to Kenley, North Carolina. And I'm going to go work for that department. In support of this black sister. That's what we need. Matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say we need to go ahead and get ready to start a GoFundMe. Because it's undoubted that they are most likely about to they're gonna they're about to try to fire this woman. They're about to try to fire her. They're definitely gonna try it. Just from reading what I just read, talking about an investigation and all of this, we already know what they about to do. They're about to try to fire. They're gonna try to mainline her character and all of this. So I suggest we support this black woman at every full stop.
Period. We should not let them do this to her. Because why would there be a need for an investigation? They said they resigned. Let them go. There are other ways to secure your to secure your city. Have the sheriff come in and help out. Surrounding jurisdictions come in and help out until y'all restaff the police department. But to sit up there and say they finna have an investigation, I already let you know what's finna happen. They finna try to throw under the bus. And we know this because this country and several states and several counties and cities have histories of doing what they do to us as the black people and black women and particularly in leadership. So we already know based on the history of this country and what they've done in the past to black women. We already know what's going to go down. We just got to prepare for it. And we got to support this sister as she go through what she's about to go through. The same way Judge Katunja Brown Jackson did it. The same way many other leaders like like I've mentioned, Tammy Sawyer, Anna Presley, and many others. Katrina Robinson, many others. We got to support them. And so my advice to, to people is look it up, re- Google, read about it, go follow her on her social medias. I'm not sure if she has social medias, but if she has social medias, we need to be following the sister. We need to be uh, checking out it. We need to be checking out when the next city council meetings and all of the things like that. So we can be abreast of the things that are happening in Kenley, North Carolina. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, We'll be right back after this quick break for my final topic on today's episode of the Undisputed Politics with your boy, Robert Wilson Jr. We'll be right back.
outside You said you outside, but you ain't that outside Worldwide hoodie with the mask outside In case you forgot how we act outside February 14, 2018, students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School experienced one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. On March 24th, they led the largest youth-led protest since Vietnam. And nothing has changed. I keep seeing so many young people, like, asking, begging politicians to, to just give a f to just care, to just talk about it just a little bit. Since then, we've seen over 170,000 more lives lost to gun violence. And this is your response? In this terrible tragedy, we send our thoughts and prayers. Thoughts, thoughts and, prayers. and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Each of these body bags represents 150 lives. That's people's families, friends, loved ones. And not a single piece of federal legislation to end this crisis. How many more thoughts and prayers are you going to give us until we start acknowledging the fact that thoughts and prayers in this country have become deadly? I guess your tweets didn't work. So what's your plan now? All right. So pre on previous at the beginning of this particular season of the Undisputed Politics, I did talk about the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. Um, so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and take a listen to it and get some of my thoughts and some of the details on this particular topic that I'm about to talk about right now, which is that the NFL has come to a conclusion on one of the allegations that were levied at the time so pretty much i'm going to read um again from an article from cbs news um pretty much it says moments after brian flores filed his lawsuit against the dolphins and the nfl back in february of this year the league responded by claiming the former head coach's claims were without merit now exactly six months later following an investigation by the league it has changed its tune. Roger Goodell announced that Miami Dolphins did tamper with Tom Brady following the 2019 season and that the Dolphins did tamper with former Saints head coach Sean Payton in January of this year. The league determined that Flores' allegations of Ross imploring the coach to tank games in order to get a better draft pick did not actually impact the Dolphins in terms of trying to win games on the field. The NFL did announce the following significant punishments um, for the Dolphins, and they announced these on Tuesday, um, August 2nd, which is the day I'm recording this episode. So 
they pretty much announced that they will be stripping the Dolphins of a first round draft pick in the 2023 draft and a third round draft pick in the 2024 draft. Um, the owner is suspended from the NFL owners committee meetings or whatever you want to, whatever they do um, until August 17th of this year. And the vice president of the Dolphins is, and his limited partner is suspended for the entire 22 season. <sighs> All I can do is sigh. Because I'm also going to tie this story into the fact that if you didn't know this is going to be a story also I'm going to tie these two topics in together um the NFL has new policy where you know when misconduct things like that happen they have an arbiter and this and they did go through an arbiter process with Deshaun Watson and the arbiter has decided that Deshaun Watson will get a Six game suspension. They had about three days to appeal it. They I should have somewhere between today and tomorrow, uh, today, which is Tuesday and tomorrow, from my understanding, to appeal the decision. If they appeal the decision, all of that, it's a whole bunch of stuff with that. But in the interim, right now, the Sean Watson will be suspended for six games. When I think about those two issues and I put them together, I'm not going to speak much about how I feel about the allegations against Deshaun Watson and all of that because I'm a gay man and I'm just not going to speak for women in this particular instance and and I'm going to refrain from doing it on my show when it comes down to sexual assault allegations and different things like that because for me, I'm not going to try to diminish them or say that I don't believe them or anything like that because I don't know specifically what exactly happened for me personally i like Deshaun, and there are plenty of guys who i like who who women have come out and said okay he had he assaulted me and different things like that kobe bryant so um it's not to say that you have to stop supporting people and all these different things when allegations come out against people and different things like that but you do have to also understand that certain it's, it's certain things should be respected. And so to come out and have all of these allegations against this man and then expect him to lose his livelihood by for just allegations without actually going through a complete process and all of these things, yes, I, I do think that's a problem. And I don't like it. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't talk about it because that opinion it, it, it's a toxic opinion that gets people riled up. And I, I don't like to get, I mean, this show is unfiltered, it's undisputed and all of those things, but I don't want to get into any of that because personally, like I, I, I trust women, I believe women, but I also understand the process of America. And there have been quite a few cases where women have lied. There have been quite a few cases where men have been, they're, they're, they're complete, livelihood has just been taken away from them through, via council culture and all of these things because some woman came out and said that they raped them or they sexually assaulted them and so for me personally and when these things happen i would like to go through the entire process 
before I say that you take away these men's money, their livelihood, the way they take care of their family and all of these things. Because when you do that, you're saying that, oh, I, for me, it's like we live in we live in this society in this day and age where you can just come out and say anything. Somebody can come out right now and call me a certain thing, and if there's nothing substantiated, there's nothing to prove that it actually happened, and it's just, oh, believe what I said because I, I'm a woman or because I'm this or that. It creates an environment that is not conducive. It'll create an environment where women or men or whoever will just be able to just come out and say anything about a person and it'll be proven true just through public opinion without actually going through criminal, civil, or anything like that. Now, granted, the fact that he has settled some of these civil cases suggests that there is some merit to some of these. But I don't think that if that's going to be the case, he should still, he should be losing out on his livelihood and all those type of things. Now, granted, the Cleveland Browns, as, as somebody who's into sports, the Cleveland Browns definitely overpaid him. But I get it, I, and I understand it um, from the perspective of, you know, not wanting, to, not wanting to do too much and take away this man's livelihood over allegations. And I definitely would like to see all of these cases. Yeah, I'm seeing some reports that say up to 63 women have complaints. Only 24 of them have been filed civilly. And so I think if, if 63 women feel like he sexually assaulted them, I need all 63 of them to go file something, whether it's civil or criminal, so that the, all of your all of the grievances can be addressed. Period. Now, in the interim of that, I don't feel like he should lose his livelihood. Should he be booed at games? Oh, well. Should fans of the Cleveland Browns be upset that he has these allegations against him? Definitely. But as far as him losing his livelihood, I don't feel like that should happen. And that's just me. It, I feel like we live in a society, and we, we should live in a society where it's innocent and it's proven guilty. And that's just my thoughts. So that's the only time I'm going to speak on the Sean Watson situation. And I'm not going to say much else about it. Because like I said, I don't want to get into all of that. Um, but back to what I'm about to talk about in this particular segment, um, and it's about the black, and I've read a little bit before I got into all of that, that spiel. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I read a little bit about the, you know, the, the stuff that's going on with Brian Flores. And what gets me with the NFL and what gets me is with people that watch the NFL. And I'm not going to lie like I don't watch it. I have two favorite teams. I love my Cowboys and I love the Kansas City Chiefs because I love my favorite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes ever leaves leaves the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll be following wherever he goes to because I like him as a quarterback. I like him as a person. I like, you know, the aura of him. I really enjoy him as a person. And I really enjoy him on the football field. What pisses me off and what irritates me about the NFL and most NFL fans. Most of them act like they are detached from the reality of black people in this country. When Brian Flores came out with these allegations, there were some people who called this man crazy. There were some black people who got on ESPN who went on Fox, who went on to several of these shows 
and called this man crazy. They said that he was lying. They said he didn't know what he was talking about. They said he was spreading rumors. They said he should never get another job in the NFL. They said no other team would ever hire him. To be clear, he actually is working right now for the Steelers. He was hired as an assistant, as one of the assistant coaches who will be working on the Steelers this upcoming season under Mike Tomlin, a black head coach, one of the only black head coaches that are left in the NFL after Brian Flores was fired. And so, I'm going to be clear. I'm just going to be utmost clear. I do not support, I have never supported, and I have never understood why people want to boycott. I mean, I understand why people want to boycott the NFL, but, and and this may be a, and I shouldn't have said never because I, I have in, in the, maybe in the past had a different of opinion. But at, right now, I don't understand why people think that boycotting is the answer. Because when you look at the, in, the stories of certain of, of these players, there are a lot of players in the NFL who got there through, who have so many issues going on in their lives. You have some some players who have lived homeless before. You have some players who currently have family members who are going through sicknesses and diseases. And so they need these millions of dollars. Some of them actually need the millions of dollars that they are getting to support their families and take care of their families. Some of them worked so hard to get to the NFL. And so I don't understand how people, some people are so quick to boycott. Oh, we need to boycott. We need to stop dealing with the NFL. We need to stop giving them money. We need to stop this, stop that. So they won't be able to play their players. This black dominated sport that we have. So they won't be able to pay pay them the money that they deserve. I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that and I don't like people. Well, I, I'm not going to say I don't like people. But I don't like how the idea of people trying to you know, pr- pretty much put some of these these players, because it'll really affect the players who are getting paid the least amount of money. Let's be honest. If if there is a true mass boycott of the NFL, it would affect the players who are getting the least amount. It'll affect the players that, that barely made it to the NFL and you getting paid a couple of six-figure amounts each season because you barely made it there. Or the players who may have gotten injured and, you know, they, they worked so hard to get there and they got a little injured. Now they having to bounce around from certain teams to teams. And now you're making maybe one million a year. And people say, oh, one million, they making millions of dollars and all this, then the third, blah, 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 blah. But you got to understand that these people made it to the NFL and they are taking care of their families. Some of them have gotten to the NFL and the money that they have made, they are investing it and taking care of in entire families. Literally. Some of them have gotten to the NFL and have bought homes and moved their entire families into the home. 
outside of the NFL, you go and look at the NBA and look at people like LeBron James, who has now become a billionaire. But he has done so many philanthropic things, like owning a, a charter school, making sure these kids have access to be able to go to college when they leave his charter school and different things like that. So when you think about different things like that, the amount of money that is it, there are a, a lot of a plethora of good things the NFL is doing when it comes down to the amount of money that they had. Now they definitely do some bad things like steal money from these cities to help build these massive stadiums with the billionaire when they have billionaire owners and the billionaire owners should be responsible for that. Now we, 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 that's the story for another time. But when it comes down to boycotting them and taking money out of these players' hands and different things, like I don't agree with that. And so, going back to the Brian Flores, I really don't. I, I I don't understand why so many people try to act like racism just somehow just doesn't exist in the NFL. Because when Brian Flores came out with these allegations, you had literally people getting on getting on all of these sports shows saying that, oh, he was lying. Oh, my gosh. I don't see how he would prove this in court and all this other stuff. And then you come out six months later and the NFL has found that some of the stuff that he said in his allegations specifically against the Dolphins is true. So when it comes down his, to his civil case, I mean, goddamn, some of it is already true right now based on their own investigation. So you expect him not to win? Come on now. I said from the jump I would be I would be support. I stand with Blind Flores because I knew. I knew that no way this man was gonna risk all of his everything that he stands for. He has to take care of his family. I said he may never, I was one of the people that said he may never get another job in the NFL. I said it. I'll admit to that because I didn't think he would get another one. But the fact that Mike Tumlin made sure he got another job is spectacular on the fact, on the position that Mike Tumlin is in and the fact that he was even willing to do that for, for Brian Flores shows true brotherhood. And that's just on period. Now I'm not, I'm not I'm not one to lie. I did say it. I said it. You can go back and listen to the episode. I definitely said it. But I'm one to admit when I was wrong, and I and I'm I, I, I'm kind of shocked that I was wrong in this particular instance. But for me, for me, um, I think that Brian Flores will win this civil lawsuit. The NFL will most likely probably try to settle it, especially if more assistant coaches or other former head coaches join him in the civil lawsuit. I definitely think that the NFL will try to settle this because they don't want the stain of this. They don't want the stain of this. They really don't. After 2020, the NFL tried to do all of this stuff, but they they painted Black Lives Matter all over their stadiums and shit like that. So you know they're not trying to go through this massive PR issue of uh, of all of this information coming out in discovery. It when Brian Flores goes into his civil trial and he's able to call witnesses and all these things, they don't want all of that to become public. They don't want they uh, the, the people within their uh, their their organization. On record saying the n-word on record saying certain things that would be seen racial or misogynistic or however you want to put it they don't want that 
So I definitely think they'll try to settle this. They'll definitely try to settle this, especially considering the fact that they've already started one investigation and six months later, some of the some of the claims from that investigation turned out to be true. So, uh, you, you, you know, it's definitely going to be some type of settlement in this. It may not come soon, but down the line, I definitely see somewhere probably into next year that there will definitely be some type of settlement reached on this particular issue because I definitely feel like some a lot of the claims that Brian Flores leveled were true claims. And I definitely feel like the NFL tried their best when this man said it. They had people, Hall of Famers, coming out trying to rally against this man. They had people, black people, black reporters black journalists on these shows setting up trying to uh, not even sticking up for their brother now you had some of them that were that were that definitely stuck up for him and definitely was there for him and was saying okay i i believe him and i and, and i can't wait to see how this goes but you also had some who were literally sitting up there now i love uncle shannon shop but you had uh, people like uncle shannon shop who was sitting up there saying that he didn't see well how how brian flores was gone was gonna prove this and all this other stuff and he wasn't as bad as some of the other black journalists but i'm not gonna mention them because i i i'm just mentioning who people that i listen to the majority of the time and let's just i i just can tell y'all there were some people like who some people who came out and completely went scorched earth you and you still have some black people even after today after what they released and said you still have some black people who are going to sit up and say they don't agree so we'll see <laughs> and i said this was going to be the last topic for today's show but there's so much to talk about i'm going to give y'all some bonus a bonus segment i'll give y'all a bonus segment and we're going to talk about today's social media hot topic after this quick break i'm going to give y'all a bonus segment and we're going to talk about the social media hot topic of the week after this quick break be right back the song is dedicated to Iona wilson my father richard sledge You fly so high, but yet 
Sometimes forget the reasons why But still we keep on going Cause there ain't no way out Can't stay out Waiting for the payout We steady fighting for the ones Who ain't got no way out Can't stay out Waiting for the payout With your light is beaming Come on That's not afraid to be alone for five minutes to be understood forever. The inner child shall never die. Sign sincerely. The Southside Survivor. I love you. Thank you. Have you lost your right to vote due to a criminal conviction? One in ten people in Mississippi are unable to vote because of a felony conviction. In 2020, Mississippi had the second highest incarceration rate in the country, with members of the Black community making up 60% of those who can't vote. But there are organizations fighting back. One Voice and Mississippi Votes are committed to helping people regain their voting rights. Call 1-888-601-8683 to take your power back. Chris! 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 Chris Brown! All right, Chris Breezy. All right, you guys. <laughs> so Chris Brown is going viral and it's not for no drugs and it's not for him beating on no women. So, and that's no shade, no shade, no tea. But Chris Brown is going viral for, one, he, he originally started going viral for the fact that he's charging $1,000 for his fans to have meet and greets at his concerts. He's doing tours and things like that and he's been charging thousand dollars for people to do meet and greets at his at his thing at his concerts and he was viral for that because a lot of the people were giving their opinions and honestly i didn't really understand the right of why people would be having an opinion on what somebody is charging for a meet and greet because if people are paying a thousand dollars to to actually meet the people then get damn let them make their thousand dollars I mean, because quite un- now, it's one thing if somebody's charging a thousand dollars and people are actually not paying a thousand dollars, but there are literally people out here paying a thousand dollars to meet and greet Chris Brown. And I, for uh, just a disclaimer, I am a Chris Brown fan, and I will definitely, if I was finding, if I was in that financial situation where I could afford to spend a thousand dollars to go meet Chris Brown, I'm gonna spend my thousand dollars. I'm gonna spend my band, and so I understand. I understand these people spending their thousand dollars. They want to go to Chris Brown. They want to meet and greet them. They want to want to touch them, want to feel them, want to be up under them and get their hug and get their picture and stuff like that. These are memorable moments. We've been supporting Chris Brown for most people that, uh, if you know the, if you if you've just tuned into BET over the years, Chris Brown has won so many BET awards. Every year he used to win the Coca Cola Fan Favorite, I think, and he won that like a good couple of years in a row at one point. And so 
he he definitely has a fan base that's similar to like the Beehive and and all of these other fan bases and so the Barb's and all of these. So he's definitely got that type of fan base behind him. And and I'm one of those fans and we've stuck with him through a lot of different things. And personally, I'm a person that believe that people change and all of these things. Um, I definitely believe in holding people accountable. And when he's been in these particular situations, he have been he has been held accountable for the situations at the time that he did them and, and currently he he is doing he's doing the best he can. I honestly from watching on the outside looking in, he seems like he's doing good at the current moment. So I ain't here to judge nobody. I'm not here to judge you unless you're not trying to take your accountability. If you ain't trying to take your accountability, I'm gonna definitely judge you. But he has taken his accountability and and that's just that on that. Um and I accept that from from people and I move on. And so all that stuff he's done in the past, if the people who he did it to and, and all that, if they have forgiven him and moved on, I think that the fans should move on. And so when we come down to it and we talk about this $1,000, of course, there will be people like me and others who will definitely pay out $1,000 to go get a meet and greet with Chris. So we talking about that. And then we go into the other reason why he went viral. The other reason why he went viral is because some of the pictures – are definitely risque pictures. Some of the pictures show him. Some of the pictures show him grabbing the women's butt, holding them up, picking them up, and different things like that. And my thing is with people, why y'all so concerned about what these other people doing in their picture? If if I pay a thousand dollars to go see Chris Brown, you damn skip it. Um, he gonna have to pick me up. No, I, no offense, I know this is sexual assault, but uh, he gonna have to grope my ass. He gonna have to touch a titty uh, or something <laughs> for a thousand dollars. I'm just being honest. He, he, I'm gonna have to get a PR. He had to give me a shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take his shirt. I'm he had to let me feel on him. I'm gonna have to. It's gonna be. I'm have to get my money's worth. Period. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to get my money's worth. Now, I, I'm not a person that advocates for sexual assault, rape, and all these things, but come on now. If 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 I'm paying $1,000, this man's going to have to touch me. He's going to have to let me touch him or something now. Now. So let's not act like there's something wrong with this. If this how these people want to take their picture when they go meet and greet somebody, let them take their pictures. And, of course, Chris Brown responded, and I got And I'm finna read his response. He said, he said, PSA, when artists or everyone do concerts, they all have something called a VIP package. I haven't done meet and greets in over seven years, in which he hasn't. He hasn't done meet and greets in over seven years. And he says that he has the coolest fans on the planet. He said, I appreciate the fuck out of them. These are memories that will last with them forever unlike most of the lame ass artists (laughs) some of them are the lame ass artists that won't make eye contact with the people who made it possible to even have a career i only exist because these fans saw something in me i never thought was possible so i'm gonna go all out for my fans and that's on period period 
period. And like I said, if these people want to pay their money for that, let them pay their money for that. Period. I mean, come on now, period. If people spend their money and they and they and now people spend their money and they get what they want, they do what they want to do with their thousand dollars. They get what they want out of their experience. And if the the person that they get their thousand dollars, if he wants to stand there and talk to him three, four, five minutes, or however you want to call it with they with the meet and greet, that's what they do. That's what they're allowed to do. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not like I said. I'm a Chris Brown fan. And I gave my disclaimer and stuff like that. Uh, I love me some Chris Brown. And I don't have any problem with Chris Brown charging thousand dollars. I pay my thousand dollars. I'm if I'm pretty sure some of these other people favorite artists. If you paid a thousand dollars, if if people if Nicki Minaj was charging a thousand, there would be people lined up. Beyonce was charging a thousand. Lizzo, Meg The Stallion, uh, Cardi B. Uh, the list can go on and on. Boosie. It, it, plenty of people. T.I. A lot of these people. The Migos. A lot of these people. If they were charging a thousand dollars, people gonna pay a thousand dollars to go see them. A thousand dollars is modest, if you ask me. Considering the fact that this day and age we living in with, with so much going on with finances and, and people just trying to make a quick buck and quit make their coins. A thousand dollars is modest for a meet and greet for a celebrity. So let's just be honest. So that's all I got to say about it. That's the social media hot topic for the week. Uh, it's going viral all over the internet. So uh, y'all can stay tuned for it. Check it out on the internet. So give y'all little thoughts and opinions on the comments and the comment sections and things. But they definitely talk about it. And it's definitely something that's going on in the in the internet world right now. And, and it, it, it's blowing up quick. You got everybody trying to get a little hot takes. And y'all know I be here for it. So I've been coming on the post and I've been getting my little hot takes. Because I love me Chris Brown. And I'm definitely going to pay about that dollars if i ever have the opportunity to pay my little thousand dollars to go see and be around and to meet one of my favorite artists so that's that on that and i'm sure y'all will pay y'all thousand dollars go see y'all favorite artist too so that's just that on that thank y'all for tuning in to the undisputed politics with your boy robert wilson jr and we'll be back next week with an all new episode of the undisputed politics podcast continue like sharing and all of that good stuff on social media and listening on all of the major streaming platforms spotify google and apple Podcasts. thank y'all and we're out